Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Joining us from PewterReport.com, uh, Editor-in-Chief Mark Cook joins me here on CBS Sports Radio. Feeling pretty good right about now, Mark? Yeah, I, I really am. Um, probably not as good as, as Bruce Arians and Tom Brady or, or, right <laughs> or, or Buccaneer fans, but I'll tell you what, man, 10, uh, 10, 10 full-time years of me covering this football team, it is nice to finally cover a playoff team, which I would have been satisfied with that, but, boy, they've even surprised my expectations and exceeded them by uh, making it to the Super Bowl. It's just uh, it's really you got to kind of pinch yourself to kind of believe it because I can go back to those – first practices that we saw Tom Brady out there and it was a hundred degrees and Rob Gronkowski was out of shape. And, you know, you, you wondered how's this, how's this going to work out? You know, how's this actually going to work out? And, uh, well, it, it worked out pretty good so far. It surely did. Uh, thank you very much for uh, going there. Cause that's where I wanted to go before we talk about what transpired today. And even the playoff wins, as you said, uh, leading up to today, were pretty darn special for Buck fans who've been pretty starved for a decade. When it was announced that Tom Brady was going to Tampa, we've talked about it with a couple of callers tonight. The conversation was, can he do what he's done, which is go to Super Bowls? He'd only done it nine times before, but that is the goal. When you're reaching out for a 42, going to be 43-year-old quarterback, you're not exactly planning for the long term. How much did the fan base believe that this could actually happen in one year, that Brady could elevate this organization to these heights this quickly? Uh, remember back, if you can, to the buzz that was when Brady signed, how many people actually believed that this could uh, all transpire in under 12 months? You know, I don't know how many people actually believed that they would be sitting here on, on January 24th or whatever the date is today, and, and the Buccaneers are going to the Super Bowl, especially to play it in their home stadium, which has never been done before. I think you could have got some uh, really, really good odds uh, as far as that goes, but I'll tell you, there was a buzz, and it was uh, it was a deserved buzz, even from the media. I mean, the fact is, Tom Brady's one of the greatest of all time, if not the greatest. And the fact that he's going to be playing now in his tenth Super Bowl kind of, I think, cements the fact that he's the he's the best quarterback of all time. Um, and and um, you know, so he brought an air of legitimacy to Tampa Bay because I think Buccaneer fans have felt kind of like. The redheaded stepchild, which, by the way, I'm redheaded and I am a stepchild, so I can make that <laughs> reference. But 
kind of felt that way in the NFL, and deservedly so, because they've just been bad. It had been 12 years since they'd been to the postseason, 18 years since they had won a playoff game, which happened to be the Super Bowl in 2002. So, um, you know, I, I think, you know, they just gave them something to be excited about. Whether they even dreamed of making it to the Super Bowl in the first season under Tom Brady, I don't think many people honestly believe that was going to happen. Um, uh, but but they, they were excited to have somebody like Tom Brady here because they felt this was a pretty good football team, and they were 7-9 and nine last year after turning the ball over 30 times with interceptions. They knew that wasn't going to happen, so you figured at least you know you could reverse that 7-9 and nine to a 9-7 and seven and maybe a little bit better record with just better quarterback play. And, uh, boy, I don't think we realized how good a quarterback play we were going to see this year from a guy like Tom Brady because I, like a lot of people, I had my doubts, not doubts so much, but questions. Was it the Brady-Belichick marriage? Is this what made it happen, the Josh McDaniel years? I mean, you know, what was it, the Patriots system, or was it Brady? And, and I still think it was a combination. Uh, you don't go to nine Super Bowls without having a hell of a coaching staff and a, and a, and a blueprint for success. Uh, but I think this also proves that Tom Brady was a big, big part of that success that took place in New England. Now, they're probably talking about it more in New England than they are down there in Tampa, but I want to get your read on uh, how, again, Buck fans and guys like you cover the team on a day-in, day-out basis. How big a story is it that year one after the divorce of Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, Belichick goes below 500, Tom Brady goes back to the Super Bowl. You talk about a uh, knockout win in round number one if this is going to be a multiple-round fight. How big a story is that going to be in Tampa? I don't think it's going to be very big in Tampa, to be honest with you. I think um, you know most of us in the media that have covered Tom Brady since he's gotten here, you know that was initially kind of a question, okay? I mean, we, we all also heard the Howard Stern interview with Tom Brady about that time, but we had an opportunity to interview him, too. You know, you wondered about what his relationship was with the Patriots organization, was he bitter, and all of those things. And by all the indications that we've gotten, it's not a big deal to Tom Brady. Now, does it fuel him in the back of his mind? Absolutely, because he's one of the most competitive people that I've ever covered. And, uh, and, he, and he uses whatever he can to fuel his fire a little bit. But I don't know that um, – I mean, I'm not planning on writing the story here. I'm sure if there's two weeks between now and the Super Bowl – There'll be plenty of people riding it, but I don't think it's nearly as big of a deal as, as some people are going to make it out to be, to be honest with you. All right, let's do a little 2020 hindsight here and go back and look at the Buck season. They get off to a really good start. First half, they're 6-2. and two. Start the second half of the season, they got a showdown to get game against the Saints, uh, who they got beat by opening week, and you know that's your main competition in the division. And they go in and they get their tails kicked at home, 38 to 3. Yeah, they bounce back, beat Carolina the next week, but then they lose to the Rams and they get beat by Kansas City. Great game, but they lose to Kansas City to go from 6 and 2 to 7 and 5 with four weeks to go. Went from, oh my God, is Brady really going to do this down in Tampa? Though? Yeah, are they going to make the playoffs or not? Now, they did what they had to do, won their last four games. They beat Minnesota, Atlanta twice, and Detroit. Uh, They luckily had an easy schedule to finish. But when they won those four games, didn't win the division, but locked in a playoff spot, did you believe that this team could go? Uh, Had they gotten hot enough in your eyes to make the run that they've now done, putting three straight NFC playoff wins together? Yeah, you know, listen, during that rough stretch that you mentioned there when they had the 
three losses like in four games. Uh, you know, I, I certainly had my doubts at that point. I mean, I, I, I was at that point where I was saying, you know what, they're going to have to, you know, take it off season. Tom Brady's going to have to work with these receivers a little bit more. They're going to have to add some more talent uh, along the offensive line because at the time the offensive line wasn't playing well. But for whatever reason, we saw this team really click after the bye week. And it was a late bye week for the Buccaneers. But it just gave them an opportunity, I think, to take a, a few days off, relax, regroup, and decide what type of identity this football team was going to be. And they figured it out at the right time because uh, they've been on a roll since that bye week. Uh, they haven't lost a game. And, you know, once they got to the playoffs, again, you just want an opportunity. The players said it. Bruce Arians said it. Jason White said it. Everyone said it. You just want to get into the tournament. And from there, you'll see what happens. Because Buccaneer fans remember 2010 when they were tied with Green Bay at 10-6, and six, but they lost to the Packers on a tiebreaker, didn't make the playoffs. The Packers go on to win the Super Bowl as that wild card team. Uh, and here Tampa Bay is potentially going to do the same thing by having to go on the road uh, and win three playoff games to get to the Super Bowl. A couple of Packer fans checked in earlier with me and said, yeah, it's all going to be about the decision that the coach made late in the game. But truth be told, after Brady threw a couple of picks and he was playing phenomenally in the first half, right. uh, I think he could have completed all of his passes if there hadn't been drops. A couple of guys kind of let him down and hit him right in the hands. But he didn't play near as well in the second half. And two of the picks, the Packers were within one score and could have gone on runs and stuck the ball in the end zone and completely changed the pace of the game. And the Bucks did get two stops in the second yeah. half. Key stops after uh, Brady's turnovers. Um, yes, it's going to be about Brady leading up to the Super Bowl, but all year long, this Buck defense has been. It hasn't always been perfect. It's not dominating by any stretch, and they got after Rodgers plenty today. There were a bunch of sacks, but they are a pretty damn stout group, are they not? They are. I mean, you know, you watch this team and you forget that they're a top 10 defense. I mean, they're top 10 ranked defense during the regular season this year, and you think to yourself, how does that? Because, I mean, you know, you, you, you remember some of these patches of games where they just looked like they just looked awful, but at the end of the day, when it all was added up, they were a top ten defense, and they've got a lot of talent across the board. Uh, but uh, there's some young talent there, particularly in the secondary. I mean, it's a super super young group. When the Buccaneers decided they were going to start a rookie in Antoine Winfield Jr. Um, at, at safety, I thought that was a huge mistake this year, but it turned out to be a great move. Um, again, they're starting. Carlton Davis in the secondary in his third year, Jamel Dean in his second year, Sean Murphy Bunting only in his second year, um, Jordan Whitehead only in his third year. So, you know, there's not any veterans back there in that secondary. So they're going to have games where they're not going to look perfect or they're going to have drives where they don't look perfect, maybe quarters or halves. Uh, but they seem to make the play, especially late, when they really need it. And, and they've done a good job. And it's really all predicated by the pass rush. When they get pass rush, as you saw today, makes everybody look better. And you can't, you know, you can't uh, forget about a guy like Devin White, uh, their their second year linebacker, who had 15 tackles in today's game. Also had a fumble recovery uh, that really helped flip momentum too. Um, so, you know, they're they're a young group. Um, you know, they're going to make mistakes from time to time, but I think they're coached well by Todd Bowles. And um, but I think they were fortunate to get out of Green Bay. To be honest with you, I, you know, I really I picked the Buccaneers to win the game, but I, I was not, you know, I just thought. Aaron Rodgers might have a little bit more. And when they started coming back there in the fourth quarter, I thought, boy, we're going to we're gonna see a major collapse here. But um, hats off to that defense because while Matt LaFleur's decision to kick a field goal instead of going for a touchdown there, a lot of people are going to be talking about, it was the 
it was the inability for them to capitalize off of those turnovers for Tom Brady. I think they only ended up with six points off of those three interceptions in the game. Did you uh, make your way to Green Bay, or did you just uh, watch the game and do all the zooming after the game? No, I, I, I stayed here. I, I looked at the weather forecast, and when they used the S word, which is snow, I decided, <laughs> no, thank you. I uh, dealt with that snow in Detroit last year, and uh, it was a Florida boy. That was only the second time I'd ever seen snow, and uh, I got my feel of it. So uh, I watched it from here, but guess what? Uh, I might be in the stadium here in two weeks to actually watch there the you go. Yeah, yeah, You're, you're going to get to go to the Super Bowl, as in get in your car, leave your house, and drive, which is a really <laughs> yeah. nice thing. Um, I don't know if you did or didn't. Uh, did you catch the Zoom news conference that Matt LaFleur had after the game? No, I didn't, but I actually okay. was just reading the transcript of the uh, – when you called uh, the transcript that the Packers sent over to the media members. So I was reading, um, you know, what he had to say about the about the game. Did you understand it? When you're watching a game, are you looking at the TV going, wait a minute, they're kicking a field goal? They're not going to go for it on fourth and goal from the eight? That was my – and I'm trying to be as honest as I can. I said I'd put my hand on the football Bible if I needed to. But I really did question that call. This isn't 2020 hindsight. Uh, what was your thought when uh, they sent the field goal kicker out at that stage? I mean, as somebody who covers the Buccaneers and we're hoping that they would win the football game, I was very, very happy because that <laughs> secondary was beat up. I mean, they had two backup safeties in the game, and, and Rodgers had just missed on just a couple opportunities. Actually, I think on the, on the third down throw, I think he could have walked in. I mean, it looked like he had a great opportunity to run that ball in there when he made that late throw uh, down around the goal line. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I think the Buccaneers were relieved, and, and the Buccaneer players that we spoke to after the game, uh, they were kind of surprised at that point, too, that he made that decision because, um, you know, I understand he wanted to, you know, if they would have scored and they would have got the extra two-point conversion, then they would have just been tied. Kick the field goal, then if they get the ball back, they score a touchdown, game over. I, I see it now looking back at hindsight, but to me, um, I think the Buccaneers' defense, although they had stopped him there three plays in a row, I think the Packers had stopped themselves more than the Buccaneers did, in, in, in other words. And uh, I felt the Packers really had the momentum there and uh, maybe could have closed things out. Because if they would have got the touchdown, I'll be honest with you, I was already thinking they're definitely going to get the extra for the two-point conversion, and uh, we manned up in overtime. All right. Uh, the key penalty call in the entire game is the pass interference that allows the uh, Patriots, uh, excuse me, the Buccaneers to go into uh, victory formation. Um, I thought it was a god-awful call when I first saw it. I said, right. how can they possibly throw the flag when they basically let the players play all day? You've seen a whole bunch of plays where there's been hand contact and hand fighting, and to the ref's credit, they were trying to let the players decide it, and I thought it was a terrible call. Then they had the one angle from behind the goalpost that yeah. showed that the jersey was not only grabbed but pulled away from the receiver's back, and the referee just couldn't ignore it. Uh, what quips, quotes, or whatever did you get from the Buccaneer players if any of them addressed that call, winning it on a deserved penalty call? Yeah, and, and I think I, I don't remember specifically hearing that call addressed with the Buccaneers players. I know that uh, the Packers, Aaron Rodgers, I was reading his transcript too. He was, you know, he thought it was an awful call, number one, because he didn't think it was a catchable ball. He obviously didn't have the same view that you and I did and, and everybody who watched it on television. We saw the jersey being pulled because initially when it happened, I'm like, you know, I'm like, that's not a penalty. You no. know, that's, I, I can't believe they threw that flag, especially after the things we had seen 
happened throughout the entire ball game. But like you say, when you saw the, the, the one angle where the jersey is absolutely being pulled and tugged, you know, it's hard to say if, if, if Johnson would have been able to catch up to that football. You, you just can't tell at that point. I mean, it wasn't, you know, it, it, he definitely was impeded his ability to get to the football. Now, whether he would have caught it, who knows. Uh, but it definitely was the right call, I think. I know Packer fans will disagree. Matt LaFleur didn't really agree with it. Uh, but he told, he also said that he didn't get an opportunity to see the, the replay. Uh, but, but, uh, but, uh, but but Aaron Rodgers, he was, uh, he was very adamant that he, in fact, he um, said it was a bad call. And, and I thought to myself when I read that, well, the, the league will be sending him a letter uh, asking him to donate some money. <laughs> yeah, they may or they may. He's a gig-up beat. I think they might give him a pass, but uh, he okay. may have to answer the question again at some point. Aaron, did you see the behind-the-goalpost replay and see if he confirms that it was still a bad call? All right, one right. last thing, um, and I haven't had a Buckeye on in a while, and uh, hopefully you can lend me some insight because I need to learn here. We know Tom Brady's Tom Brady, and he brought all the experience and his accomplishments and his leadership when he signed on with the Bucks. We know Bruce Arian has been around the block, been a coach for a long time, his first chance to be the head coach of a Super Bowl team, but he's been to the Super Bowl before as an assistant, former offensive coordinator. We know what Bruce Arian's uh, resume says as well. But Byron Leftwich is the offensive coordinator of this team. I, I, he can't be the man making every decision, every single call, plotting everything. But is he in a perfect spot to learn and just kind of be along for the ride? Is he a guy who is major influence on calling the plays? I think if you're a Buccaneer fan who likes Byron Leftwich, you have to be happy that uh, all but one job is left because going forward, I think he's going to be a major candidate for head coaching opportunities down the road, but it's not going to happen this year. How much does Byron Leftwich actually have hands-on influence on the Bucks' offense? You know, I, I would say he's he's got a pretty good influence on it. I, I would say maybe a 60-40, 70-30 because he is the guy that ultimately makes those calls. And while Bruce Arians is on the headset and will overrule or suggest something from time to time, it is it is Byron Leftwich making those calls. But mainly, uh, it's Byron Leftwich during the week helping formulate that game plan. However, he does do that with Harold Godwin, uh, actually Goodwin. I always get him and Chris Godwin's name mixed up. But Harold Goodwin is the running game coordinator. He has an input as far as the game planning goes, as far as what they're going to try to do running the football. But Tom Brady has a big input as well. I mean, they certainly – you know, ask him his opinion. What do you like? I mean, they may give him a list of plays and say, which one of these do we want to include this week, and which ones do, would you rather us not? And uh, uh, but but all in all, it's it's a big. It, you know, Byron Leftwich does deserve a lot of credit, and he's gotten better. Last year, I think he struggled, and there were some games this year where he certainly opened himself up for some criticism with some of his play calls. But um, he has to feel like he woke up and won the lottery when Tom Brady signed, to be honest with you. And then the Buccaneers just continued to add weapon after weapon to this football team, uh, which they've been able to do this year. He's, he's in a perfect situation, but I don't want to minimize his impact because I think uh, he is a head coaching candidate down the road. I think he could use a couple more years um, you know, in this position, but eventually I think he'll get a shot. Uh, he is a very smart guy, a very intelligent guy, and, and the players really enjoy and respect playing for him. So, he has all the intangibles, I think, to be a good coach down the road. Uh, but he's certainly benefiting from having the greatest quarterback of all time uh, leading his offense this year. Guarantee, mark my words, he's in the mix next year. I don't think he was brought up very often at all with all the coaching op- opportunities there were in the league. That will change next year. All right, last question. 
and uh, I'm going to ask you to answer it honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to pop up at some time. It may pop up the uh, first time the media gets to talk to Brady. It may pop up on the day that they have media day, whatever else. But someone is going to ask Tom, if you win, is this going to be it? Are you going to walk away? And he may or may not answer the question at the time, but at some point, right. someone is going to ask that question. When do you think it will be asked, and will it be Mark Cook who asks it? <laughs> it probably won't be Mark Cook that asks that question, but I will say it is Mark Cook who has thought about that. And even today, as I realized there towards the end, wow, they're actually going to go to the Super Bowl. And if Tom Brady is able to win the Super Bowl, whether it's the Bills, which it looks like it's going to be the Chiefs, but they end up winning that Super Bowl, I don't know how you could write a more perfect ending to your story, whether you're Bruce Arians or Tom Brady, to be honest with you. I mean, then the pressure is on to try to duplicate that, to walk off into the sunset next year. I mean, to come to a new team in a COVID year without any off-season OTAs, you know, training camp, um, you know, play with no fans in the stands for the most part, uh, with a brand-new scheme after 20 years somewhere else and, and, and winning the Super Bowl in your home stadium. I mean, if you and I presented that to a Hollywood scriptwriter, they would tear it up and laugh at it. Right? <laughs> Agreed. And, and, yet, and yet here it is. So it is a legitimate question. I think Tom Brady – but here's the thing. I think Tom Brady comes back because Tom Brady loves football. It's not just – I mean, he, you know, he loves winning Super Bowls, obviously, but this is what he does. I mean, this is all he knows. He's – you know, he's not like uh, the guy down at the factory who's just counting down the days till he, you know, hits 65 and he can cash in the pension. Uh, Tom Brady doesn't is, is is dreading that day when he can't do what he wants to do anymore, and that's to play football. So uh, it would be the perfect opportunity in in, in in the Hollywood world for him to walk away if they were to win the Super Bowl. But I just don't think it's going to happen. I think he's back next year, regardless of what happens in two weeks. Damn, that's a really good answer. And uh, not only did you answer it completely, you actually gave me more to think about. So, therefore, I'll ask you one more question. I didn't even go to Arians. Uh, I know he's up there. I know that uh, he's been around for a long time. But uh, he's not as old in coaching years as Brady is in quarterbacking years. So, I hadn't even processed that mentally yet. Did the two join forces? Does Tom say to Bruce, listen, if I'm sticking around, you got to stick around. Does Bruce say to Tom, listen, I'm thinking about walking away, but why don't you and I give this one more shot, or will both guys make their decision independently? You know, I think it will be independently. And in all honesty, I don't think either one of them goes anywhere. I think they're both back next year. But if I were to pick one that I would think might walk away sooner than the other would be Bruce Arians. Wow. Um, you know, if they were to win the Super Bowl, because again, um, he came back after taking a year off because of his health. And, and, and Bruce is not, I mean, he's, he's, he's much healthier than he was when he left the Cardinals. Uh, he's got a wife that stays on his case pretty regular and, and several doctors and team doctors and things like that to keep him as healthy. And he's delegated some of his responsibility to try to keep him healthier as well. But He's got a lake house in Georgia, and he loves getting on that boat and cranking up the uh, the uh, country music with his buddy uh, Blake Shelton and, and cruising around that lake and, and drinking his crown. I mean, and he enjoys being on the golf course, I and mean, that's what Bruce loves to do. I don't know that Tom Brady enjoys doing many of those things other than playing football, but I still think both of them are here next year. But if I had to say one or the other might be more likely to walk away if they win a Super Bowl, I would probably lean a little bit in the Bruce Arians realm. 
Very interesting. And, oh, by the way, it might be tough for him to get Blake Shelton tickets because Super Bowl are usually rather expensive. These are still going to be expensive, but it's going to be less than usual. But something yeah. tells me if Bruce Arians wants him in the house, he'll be in the house. Mark, I appreciate your entering our house. You gave us some really good insight and even some more to think about going forward. So I thank you for that greatly. Uh, enjoy the next couple of weeks. I think you should have fun. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I really appreciate you having me on. Anytime you guys need me or anybody uh, on the staff, let us know. We'll be happy to join you guys. Thanks for everything. We, we, we may punch up after the Super Bowl has come and gone, and we'll talk about where Brady is going in the future, back to try and defend again or walking off into the sunset. That is Mark Cook from uh, PewterReport.com, their editor-in-chief. Gave us some really good stuff to kick around. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 